Hey guys, what's up? Happy New Year. I don't know why, but I wanted to bring Annabelle up with me. You're just so cute, aren't you? Maybe. Maybe it's prophetic. Maybe we'll share the stage someday. It's just speaking the word of the Lord over people, huh? What do you think? <laughs> Guys, I'm really excited about today. Really looking forward to it. You know, I want to say um, it is a New Year's word in a sense, but it's also, you know, I've never quite been a huge believer in like, oh, I want a New Year's word from God because oftentimes we have things God's already said and he's still on that track. And I'm more so like, I just want to keep on keeping on with right where he is and what he's been saying. That said, I don't want to, you know, dismiss that God can speak something specifically on the Gregorian calendar. Uh, anyway, um, and, uh, you know, this year has been um, more so than in the past. I've felt it actually stirring, like, wow, I feel like there's something significant. And that may be personal, but I do think that there's a, there's a larger um, essence to that, too, for all of us. And I want to let you guys know, too, when I, you know, part of what I do is in the Lord, when I feel like my destiny and my calling is, is just discipling people and how they walk with God, you know, being a mentor and a father, um, but also, and a teacher, but also as, uh, you know, prophetically speaking, like a prophet, right? And that's very valuable to me. I've, I've felt called to that since I was very young and felt the Lord stir in my heart before I even knew what that was or that that stuff even existed because uh, the church I grew up in wasn't really, either wasn't aware or wasn't open to that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to say, I want you to receive, receive this in, in this context. My heart prophetically and like a prophet is not to, um, not to give you a word that makes you excited or just a pithy saying that, you know, bounces around in your brain or to, to juice you up or jazz you up, you know, get you enthusiastic um, about, you know, a promise or something fulfilled. I, lo- I love all that stuff. I'm not against it. Amen. She's saying amen. But more than anything, who I am and how I walk with God prophetically, I want it to be an impartation of how to walk with God in your own life with him, how to truly know him as he is, how to see as he sees, and how to walk with God rightly. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. There's parts of it that are just supernatural. She's so distracting, huh? Everyone keeps looking over at her. She's okay. I got her for now. Um, Oh, now you distracted me too. What was I saying? Yeah, I was talking into this, huh? Bless you, Annabelle. I love you. Um, Somebody help me out here. What was I right in the middle of saying? Yeah, an impartation of how to walk with God. Oh, yeah, it doesn't happen by accident. There's parts of it that are just a miraculous work in us, and it's a supernatural work of God that we learn how to walk with him, but there's parts of it that are intentional and are deliberate. They're a purposeful choice, and they're a partnership with the Holy Spirit in what we're learning along the journey of how to walk with God. Just like in uh, any relationship, I could use my marriage relationship with my beloved Dia, whom I treasure. And we got to clap. Let's go. 
there's things that happen naturally. I'm attracted to her beauty. I love spending time with her. I love having fun and laughing. I have a natural love that flows easily and I don't have to think about. But there's parts of our relationship over time that I have to be intentional and deliberate and purposeful. I have to learn how to walk with her, how to walk with her well so that we both can share in the joy and the fulfillment of two lives becoming one. Amen? Does that make sense? So the same is true of our relationship with God. There's things that happen incidentally, and there's things that happen intentionally in our relationship with God. And what I want to talk about today, and what the Father wants to talk about, if I may be so bold, is that intentional side of how we're walking with God. And I think this year, he's inviting us into an increase, a level up, if you will, or an upgrade, we like that word, of how we walk with him so that this year can actually have a multiplying effect of, in a sense, like 10 years growth internally in one year's time. So that the way you're able to face and walk through and climb through and slog through, if you have to, parts of next year is entirely different than you would have this year because you've learned how to walk with God rightly in that way. And learning to walk with him rightly is a lifelong journey, but you can have times, windows in your life where, where there's an exponential escalating effect if you step into that with the Holy Spirit and the invitation. So what I'm giving you today is not just to get you excited and feeling good that this will maybe be a good year. It's to actually grab something or grab some things and to take this with you. And I challenge you guys lovingly and encourage you. You ready? Here's Pop. Here you go, yeah. In the arms of the Father. Oh. Um, to challenge you guys to lay hold of it and keep it with you as if, if it resonates with you, I do think this is what God is saying, and this is the Father's heart for me, then make the most of it this year. Making the most of it will not likely look like for most of you, you know, re-listening to it or going over it every day. I don't mean that, but I in my observation, most of us have a habit of jumping from one word or one encouragement or one teaching to another. And most of how humans have lived their lives, or even when people are around Jesus, they would have received one thing when he was there, a teaching, and that would have been sustenance and food for quite some time. Because God doesn't deliver, you know, fast food, easy digest meals. He delivers things that require a long-term metabolism. We break them down. We ruminate them over days and weeks and months and years. And you guys will find, those of you who are younger, will find that over decades we ruminate things with God. And we process them. And we get more and more out of them. Because there's depth and there's layers to everything that God is and everything that God says. And we don't want to move on too fast, right? We don't want to skim the top off the tasty, you know, just skim the tasty part off the top and leave the rest when God wants to do a deep, nourishing, and full work in us. If you, I'm telling you, if you will give God the time that he wants in you to do what he wants in you, you will be mind blown by the massive transformation, the blessing, and the joy that comes into your life. There's been a handful, there's been many times now at this stage of my life, many times I've parked 
the bus. I've stopped on something that God said or did in my life and waited there with him. Even when I really wanted to move into other things or hear these other teachings or these prophetic words or just stuff that was going on, I wanted to latch on to other stuff too to kind of keep the, the encouragement or the excitement cycle going. But I just knew in my spirit, no, if I will be willing to wait here, to sit here, to marinate in this with God, he will do the kind of work that he wants to do and it will have that exponential effect that brings far greater fruit and blessing into my life and through my life than if I were to hop from thing to thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb here and say probably 60% of you in this room, maybe more, if you were to get that one concept for your spiritual growth and your journey with God, it would, it would be uh, transformative to how you walk in the spirit and to the fruit that comes into your life. Something Jason has said for many years now is slow is fast. It's a good way to think about life in the spirit. But it's a deeper, that deep, rich nourishment, even though you miss out on some of the more exciting and you know, invigorating feeling things on a surface level, you feel at a deep soul level and deep in your spirit um, a, a satisfaction and a fulfillment that's not achievable with skimming off the top. So, okay, how is that for a preamble? Each one of you here, I honestly believe this, each one of you here will have at least one thing that stands out from what the Lord has said here, that if you keep this in your pocket or on your tool belt throughout this year, it's going to be a game changer for you, and it's going to repeatedly minister to you all year long if you'll keep it near you. Some of you, it'll be more than one thing. It'll be multiple things. It's going to be, I really believe, a powerful burst for some of you, kind of like when kernels of popcorn are warming up and some of them go first. There's the first ones go pop, 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 pop. I see that happening for some of you. But again, for others, it's just going to be one or two things that as you keep that in your core and you walk it out with God, it's going to, uh, it'll be powerful. Amen? Yeah, come on. All right, so I'm going to jump in. I spent, uh, been, been spending time with the Lord. I like to just marinate on things and think and be with the, the Spirit over time. And then usually what happens, I'll sit down with the Lord and kind of journal out what he's, what he's showing me. And it'll culminate and, uh, you know, the fruit will ripen. And I'll feel like I'll have a, some clear words and a distillation of what it is that I think God wants to say, at least through me at the time that he's given me. So um, we'll start with that when I sat with the Lord and uh, the things the Father said. I have six slides here. We're going to go through them. We'll read them out loud. And then I'm going to um, teach a little bit slash uh, give um, testimony and some encouragement with each one of them. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. But before we do that, Justin, the Lord just reminded me a quick little testimony. Uh, us, the Beckios, were out on the bluffs with the Barcelonas and the Wrightsons today. We had a ton of fun. And um, there was a, a girl went missing and her dad. And there was a sheriff's helicopter flying around. And there were, when we got to the parking lot, we saw cop cars and stuff. Um, but we were right in the middle of the bluffs walking. And uh, we found out what it was that it was happening. And just said, hey, let's pray right now. So me 
and Dave and Jacob who were walking together just stopped and prayed a simple prayer. One of the things I prayed right off was, Father, I thank you that the heavenly dispatch has gone ahead of the earthly dispatch and that you always know, even as David said, if we were to, even if I were to hide and make my home in the middle of the earth, there you would find me and you would know I was there. So I thank you, God. We thank you that you know where she is and her father, that they're safe and they're kept and that you now, right now, right now, right now, right now, God, you would rescue them and you'd find them in Jesus' name. Shortly after praying that, within probably 30 seconds, uh, we saw the helicopter turn around and go like full speed the other way. And I had this thought, I was like, huh, I wonder if they just got radioed, like, hey, we got them, you know? And then as we're walking to the parking lot, it takes about another 15 minutes to get there. As we walk literally from the dirt trail into the parking lot, this sheriff's car pulls up and the girl gets out with her dad and the girl's crying. And we're like, oh my gosh, like this is literally her right here. Thank you, God. So that was pretty cool. We were rejoicing. We were celebrating. Just wanted to testify. Prayer works, right, guys? Prayer works. Yay. All right. Back to the message. All right. You want to put that first one up there, Justin, for me, please? All right. So the Father said, I want you to speak on my love, but on knowing my love in knowing I'm faithful in trials. I'm on display in those trials for those of my people who will watch for me and anticipate me. I'm upgrading my people to know me in all things and be in confident assurance always. Take a moment to read that again to yourself quietly. Thank you, Father. Imagine if that was your starting point with every fire that goes off in your life. Imagine if you were so seated and rooted and established in this that stuff didn't even have time to wiggle in and throw you off and get you anxious or freaked out because this is where you were. You knew his love and his faithfulness in trials. You believed in it so securely and serenely that stuff couldn't throw you off. And that you would believe that your father was going to be on display for you as you watch for him and anticipate him. You guys know your father loves to show off, right? Sometimes in the valleys the light shines the brightest. So we can have an expectation and anticipation when the hard stuff comes that God's about to show off in our lives. Wouldn't that be cool? What if instead of our eyes being focused and our attention being on the negative thing or person or detraction in our life, that the immediate response was to watch for him and an anticipation. Anticipation comes with excitement. It comes with expectancy. There's an element of confidence and assurance in that. And I'm saying what if because honestly, beloveds, that is possible. That is actually who we are as children of God. That is very natural and normal for children of God. Though it may not be natural and normal in our personal present experience. That's okay, 
because there's an invitation for it to become natural. This is part of how we walk with God. I remember one time I was backing out of a driveway. We were so, so, so super poor at this time, and our business had failed. Everything went wrong, and it was just like, some of you have heard that story. I'll save you all the details, but it was like the low of the low financially and some other stuff too, but... But my heart was alive and I was trusting in God, which was beautiful. And I'm backing our van out of the driveway and started backing up a hill. And I hear this. And it was like, I just knew that I knew. Maybe it was prophetic. Maybe it's just, that's not a good sound. But I knew that I knew this car is toast. Dang it. And I thought it was the transmission. I was like, this thing is is done. And right in that moment, there was, it hit my heart and there was the the feeling the instantaneous feeling that most of us get maybe of dread or of uncertainty or fear oh no I have there's no way I can get another car like this I need this thing to be to last but within that same second I decided no I'm gonna rejoice I'm excited and I said yahoo thank you God hallelujah upgrade is coming Woo! That felt unnatural to do, but by that point, I'd been practicing this kind of anticipation and expectation of a good father in my life. So I declared it, and I spoke it, and I said, I'm just sticking on rejoicing and thanksgiving with this one. I'm not giving any room for the junk that never gets me anywhere anyway. You know what David said? He wrote it down. He's sitting there writing a psalm led by the Holy Spirit, and then pops into him, do not fret, it leads only to evil. That's a powerful word right there. You're not condemned if you fret. You're just accepting an invitation from the dark side. It doesn't mean you're becoming the dark side. Let's, you guys know what I'm saying. You just you can say, no thanks, I'll pass. But you can't just say no. We have to shift into rejoicing, thanksgiving, looking at Papa, being excited. So, you know, the long and the short of it is, a month later, some, a buddy let me borrow their car, which was a blessing. And then a month later, the Lord said, um, your truck is ready. It's at... Uh, Graham Chevrolet in Santa Barbara, and I want you to go down and get it today. Now, you have to know, by this point, I had been looking for a very specific truck, specific year, specific, like, trailering package, and a certain kind of cab, and, I mean, the whole nine yards, right? I had I'd been looking for a long time. I knew the market. I knew what I wanted. I knew the availability, and I knew what the prices were like. I knew there was nothing within probably like three, 400 miles of me. So when he said that, my first thought, my first thing was doubt. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, well, Lord, I hear you, but you don't have Google like I do, and I've been looking, and so you might be wrong. Or I just didn't hear you right. But he said, no. He said, I want you to go. Let's do it. Would have been probably an even cooler story if I would have just gone, but what I did was I got on Google and I looked again anyway at Graham Chevrolet. And I'm looking and I'm like, there's no, there's no pictures of stock that's like what God's talking. This is, it can't be. The only thing available is like a $70,000 truck and ah, this, no one's going to give me that with this kind of uh, financial state. But I, he said, I was like, Lord, I don't, he said, just call him then. So I called him. I started talking to the salesman. He's like, well, what kind of truck exactly are you looking for? I described it to the T top to bottom, probably 12 different things. 
And he goes, well, you're not going to believe this, but we literally just pulled out onto the lot today a truck that's exactly what you're describing. We haven't even had time to list it yet and get all that stuff up. And uh, it, ha- it blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it was, it was about the year 2014. So this was a 10-year-old truck. It was a 2004 Chevy Silverado 2500 HD trailering package. You know, crew cab had had all the, like, you know, Bose radio, all this fancy stuff that I didn't even need all that extra stuff. And he said... Um, you know, it's only got 37,000 miles on it. So I don't know if you know cars, but you do not find a 10-year-old car with 37,000 miles on it. That's in mint condition. And then I asked him the price, knowing that market value of that car would be between twenty-five dollars and $28,000. I said, how much is it? He said, it's $18,900. I went, what the heck? There is no way. So it was, it was miraculously, like, within my price ceiling by like 100 bucks that I could get that car. So what did I do? Yes, I went down to Graham Chevrolet that day, started the process for my truck. So boom, God is good. God is faithful. Amen. That deserves a hand clap. That's a good one. I tell you that to inspire and encourage your faith and give you a story to back up. Like this is what God is like and this is how he is. And if we continue our habitual patterns of wallowing or looking backwards or doubting, right, We might impede some of the joy and peace in believing that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. And we might, we could, maybe, we might miss a blessing. I mean, your Father and the Holy Spirit who treasures you deeply is so intent on bringing his promises in your life and on blessing you. So I'm not trying to say it's in your hands. You know, I'm not trying to put a weight on you. But, you know, we may delay it. He may, we may miss it, and then he has to kind of recycle it and reform it and bring it another thing at another time in our lives. And he'll do, I've had that happen many times. I can look back, I'm like, wow, I totally missed that. But in God's faithfulness over the years, he brought it back, he recycled it, he redeemed it, and he brought me something amazing, usually even better. And I'm like, Lord, how's it out of like the things I do wrong? It feels like you bring the best stuff. He's just so good like that. So know that you're loved, beloved, and he's exceedingly patient, and uh, he's so forgiving and gracious. He knows what we're like, so you never surprise him when you're dumb. You know that? (laughs) He knows, and he loves you just the way you are. So I hope some of you lay hold of this and believe that he wants to upgrade you to know him in all things and be in confident assurance Always. Can I just say, what if something bad happened and you didn't feel the need to jump on a group text and tell all your friends to pray right away? How's that one set? That's not a rebuke, but it is an invitation to maybe a more settled, secure, and assured way of living. There have been times that it feels like it hits the fan and in my flesh. I'm like, oh, i got to reach out for all this prayer. But I know when I take time to listen in the spirit, I'm like, that would be just me clambering and acting like an orphan that doesn't have a good father to try to, you know, any means necessary to try to smooth out this bad thing. Rather than take it as an opportunity to go, oh, Papa, I know you. You're so amazing and incredible. And I cannot wait to walk through this with you because you're so good. And to see how you handle this. And you upgrade me. And you show off. Thank you, Papa.
<laughs> you guys hear me, right? I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for prayer. Don't anyone take away with that. But let's just together have the decency as children of God to maybe check in with him first, huh? Can we go to the next slide, sir? Can we get a hand for Justin? Did you see that transition? This man is on it. And he wrote this all out for me too, and he nailed it. I want my people to know that I'm for them and I am actively at work for their good. What if everything that was going on in your life at all times, the good, the bad, the ugly, you actually believed that he was always for you, never against you, and was actively at work for your good? What if light and momentary trouble, as Paul said, is actually not even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in you? What if God is using through the light and momentary trouble you're facing something glorious and miraculous and wonderful to come forth in your life? You have to understand, beloved, to walk with God that there's going to be things that happen in your life that don't look like they're for your good. But if you trust and believe in your Father, you can know that he is working all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And beloved, if you believe in Jesus, that's you. This is maturity in Christ. It's simple, but it's not easy all the time to walk out, and that's okay. You'll get it wrong a hundred times, a thousand times. Or if you're like me, 10,000 times. And he'll still be good, and he'll still remind you and bring you back. Some of you may be thinking, well, what's the difference between grace and works here? How do I work towards believing in this, but just believe in God's grace doing it? Well, beloved, it's a both and. The book of James talks about that. We believe in grace and we receive it, but we also respond in works to the Father. And there's sometimes, there's going to be times in your life, God says, hey, I got this. I want you to just be still and know that I'm God. That'll be like he did with Moses and the Israelites when the Egyptians were coming upon them and they were up against the Red Sea and Moses said, no, stand still and you will see the deliverance of God. And these Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. Just stand still. There'll be times that God does that. There'll be other times that God says, go, go for it. Step into it. You got this. Lay hold of this. It'll be like a call. He'll he'll rise up a Caleb spirit in you where they begin talking about the, the mountain that had still not been taken. Was it Horeb with Caleb? Anybody remember the name of the, the mountain where the giant, there were some giants still left in the promised land, and uh, maybe Horeb. Anyway, that, and Caleb said, when, you know, Josh was telling the assembly there, he said, that one is mine. That's my inheritance. The place where there's still giants that haven't been cleared out, I'm taking that mountain. There'll be times God raises that up in you. There'll be other times that he just is like, you know what? You're my child. I trust you. You got this. You can't, you can't lose. I've had both happen many times. That's why, again, I just look to him. And I go, how do I walk with you in this? I want to be with you. I want to hear from you. What are you doing that I can be, A, aware of, and B, come into alignment with? I want to say that again. Stuff's going on. Father, what are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, 
What are you doing that I can be aware of and then come into alignment with? That's a key. That's a key for spiritual life. That's a key for powerful life in God right there. You can take that one. So there have been times that he's told me, I got this. And there's been other times he's told me, I'm crying out and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, what? he's like, you got this. Go for it. So it's a little bit of a both and, right? There's just both of these things going on. It's a tension. In all of it, we live by faith and we depend on grace. Even when we're like stepping in and we're swinging the sword and we feel like we're climbing the mountain, it's still all by grace. He's just calling something up in us. He's doing something. He's a lot of times showing us that we have a strength in us because of his goodness and because of Christ that we didn't know we had. And as we realize that, boom, we realize, wow, I'm not, uh, I am not a victim. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. That's the Bible right there. That's a good word. All right. Slide number three, por favor. Slide number, next one. Perfect. There we go. So, So do we have, Justin, do we have the one that says, I want them to see me in the midst of distracting times and painful moments? Do you see that one there? I want them to see me in the midst of distracting. And if we don't have it, that's okay. Got it? Okay. I'm going to read this to you real quick while Justin's getting that ready. I want my people to see me in the midst of distracting times and painful moments. I'm not going to go too much into that because it's the same concept we've been talking here. But again... What we're seeing, what we're looking at, and if you don't actively make a choice a lot of times, your eyes will just be drawn to whatever's making the most noise or whatever looks the scariest. So we have to choose to keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, as Hebrews 12.1 says, right? Father, I pray your blessing on your people to see you in the midst of distracting times and painful moments. One of the times in our life, similar to what I was telling you, when it felt like everything was going wrong, there was a lot of sickness, some pretty heavy sickness. Finances were crazy. We were way in debt. There was um, betrayal going on and relational issues that came against us that were really difficult. And in the midst of that, I can honestly say, because of the goodness of God, his grace, and because of the journey that he had me on where I was just saying yes, and I was trying, I was leaning in, I was doing my best to take the journey of how to walk with God. In those distracting times and painful moments when it was all gnarly, I had so many moments of just looking to him and giving him praise and thanking him and just choosing again to trust him and, and resting in him. This is going to be okay. I went to bed almost every single night in that season. You guys, I'm telling you, there was a lot that was not good. And some of some family stuff was hard too. And I, almost every single night, when my head hit the pillow, I went to bed quickly and peacefully. 
knowing God had it. He was good. Which is personally for me a big deal because there's been many, many, many times in my life I've lost sleep because of anxiety, uncertainty, fear, etc. It just starts going when I'm in my bed, right? Which I hate that stuff. That sucks. But if that's you, or if it's you in any area of life, you get to be so beautifully free because of what God's doing in you, for, uh, even in the midst of distracting times and painful moments. Amen. Um, the next slide, I want praise and rejoicing in me for each person's own sake. Perfect. Thank you, Justin. I want praise and rejoicing in me for each person's own sake to be ever on their lips. Their first response when bad news comes or trials arise. Can you go to the next one? A mindset of, man, I'm stoked to see what God does and how my papa shows off in this situation. Can you go back one, Justin? So right here, praise and rejoicing. That's a key as well. In 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 through 18, says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. That's a really simple and ultra-powerful formula. Same thing in Philippians 4. Paul talks about rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Then he talks about praying uh, when we pray with petitions and supplication and thanksgiving. So we see, again, that same sandwich of uh, rejoicing, prayer, and thanksgiving. So if you're looking for a key of how do I get out of the storm in my head, or the swirling of fear, or the overwhelm, good news. You have a simple formula. It's an equation that actually works. It doesn't work always the first times you're using it. It can feel awkward. It can feel challenging. You may not be able to engage your faith with the fact that this is powerful and working. That's okay. Keep at it. It's in the word of God, so you know it's the real deal. But if you start practicing rejoicing and thanksgiving and praise in the midst of all kinds of stuff, the good times and the bad, and just whenever, it's going to become a powerful, strong muscle in your life. And it's not going to be something you feel like you have to lift up off the ground and deadlift up high to use it. It's actually going to be when stuff comes, you're already going to be built up like a bodybuilder and it's going to hit you and bounce off of you because praise and rejoicing and thanksgiving is such a natural response for you. That's who you're becoming, beloved. So Jesus was. Did anything ever throw him off? You think he ever got scuttled in his mind by, you know, bad stuff? Think he ever got all into like a fear spin or an anxiety cycle? No. Because he knew who his father was. He knew the truth. He walked by faith. And he was a man of prayer and of walking with God, with his father, right? As God, Jesus was too. Um, and I say that about Jesus because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. God put Christ into us so that we could live like Christ in this earth. And our lives are hidden with Christ in God, according to Colossians 3. So we, it's a two-way thing. He put Christ into us. He put us into Christ. So boom, we get to live life the same way Jesus did. Like that's our model. That's who you are in Christ. And that's who you're becoming day by day. Rejoice in that. It's good stuff. Huh? Mount Horeb. It was Horeb. Is that what I said? Mount Horeb? Yeah, let's go. Um, 
man, I'm stoked to see what God does and how my papa shows off in this situation. One of my, uh, one of my mentors, Papa Graham, I remember hearing that uh, probably. It was when my son was born, so 13 years ago. He, he did this whole bit where he talked about a trial coming and then what it looked like to get excited and to get enthusiastic, to, to start celebrating, to call up a friend and go, man, you'll never guess what happened to me today. I'm so stoked. It's like, what, what's going on? I got another trial. Oh, let's go, God. I can't wait to see what God does. This is going to be amazing. Upgrade's on its way. He did this whole thing. He went on for like 10 minutes. It was hilarious and so silly, but it was so true. I never forgot that. I was like, yeah, I need to start changing the way I respond to this stuff. Because if you don't learn to respond, you will by default react. That's another piece of gum with a lot of flavor on it. Chew that sucker. All right, next one. Por favor, senor. I love the white highlight. This is cool. Apparently, this witness to Justin, he's like, dude, I got to highlight this one. Let's go. (laughs) Yep, here we go. I want them to witness my goodness and believe that I'm intent on showing it to them. You know what? I'm just going to let that one sit. I want their father saying to you, and I'm saying to you as a brother, I want you to witness my goodness and believe I am intent on showing it to you. In everything. And I want them to lay aside any hindrance of unbelief, whatever it may be from, and eschew, which means let go of or push away from you, eschew any thought of not deserving it, or being too out of line, or not being good enough, or not Christian enough, messing up too much, and all that nonsense. You guys realize all that stuff is nonsense? When God covered you with the blood of the Lamb and he called you righteous because of what Jesus did for you and he put you in Christ, like it says, the Bible says that you are dead to sin and alive in Christ. I mean, God, the Bible over and over and over again, like it feels like beating a dead horse with talking about who we are not anymore in the old and who we are truly now in Christ. He paid for everything. He made you right with God. He gave you his righteousness. And now the father never looks at you, thinks about you, or relates to you as any of those things, as sinful or not deserving it or being out of line or not being good enough or not Christian enough or messing up too much. He does not, he, he's not schizophrenic because he remembers what Jesus did. He remembers that you're in Christ, and that's the only way he will relate to you. God's not religious about very many things, but he is religious about that. He will never look at you outside of who you are in Christ or treat you outside of who you are in Christ. He is a diehard religious about that because that is your freedom. That is your life. That is the place of the Father's affection, the Father's affirmation, the Father's approval that every one of you in this room who've said yes to life with Jesus, you have that. You have it 100%. You're not going to earn. Guys, you're not trying to get anywhere. You already have been graciously given all things. As Peter wrote, 2 Peter, right in the beginning. Of his fullness, we have all received 
you're in Christ, the whole kit and caboodle, it's yours. All of it in Christ. The Father's affection, his perfect love, his approval, his affirmation. Yes, Mark B. That's so good. <laughs> Mark just said, Andrew Womack, somebody he's spent some time with, uh, has a, a book titled, Stop Trying to Get It, You've Already Got It. And on the cover of the book is a dog chasing its tail in circles. Look, some of you, including me, know this, but we need to know this. Because there's certain little things that'll get to us and cause us to doubt or question it, or just get back into, you know, the stuff that we disqualify ourselves. So all that stuff, again, I'm just going to say it clearly and boldly. It is nonsense if you're a Christian. So let it go, silly. All right, next slide. Thank you, Jesus. Mark, will you read that for me? I want them to worship me in spirit and in truth and journey in the Holy Spirit to learn what that means this year. I want them to worship me in spirit and in truth and journey in the Holy Spirit to learn what that means this year. Mike asked me before if I had anything for this year, and then I just felt like the Lord um, just very simple, and it was actually just different words of exactly what he said at the beginning, so I felt like that was good confirmation that I could get up and share just um, an invitation to slow down, and in the slowing down that there um, is revelation available for the year that will bring breakthrough, that... Um, I mean, I guess you could say, like, it's a year of breakthrough, but I think it really starts with that um, slowing down to receive the revelation so that you can have the breakthrough. That was basically it. Dang, she dropped that goodness in, like, a 70th of the time it took me to talk. Do you want her to say, say it again? Is that what you said? I'm going to repeat that. Um, okay, to slow down and then receive revelation, and the revelation will lead to breakthrough. So there's breakthrough available that starts first slow down, revelation, breakthrough. That's good. That's a good word, Holly. It goes right in line with something after the Lord gave me this, something that popped up in my spirit. There's two things that go right in line with that. Everything we just talked about in the slide before this, and we've been talking about. Beloved, at some point, if you want to mature and increase, you have to let go of the old and fully accept the truth, the way God sees it, of who you are in Christ and how the Father relates to you 
religiously in that way. And secondly, speaking of breakthrough and revelation that leads to breakthrough, honestly, you guys, what I've just shared with you and some other stuff too, I'm not saying it's the fullness, but that topic, this line of stuff has brought more breakthrough in my life more establishment of the life of Christ, more freedom than any other revelation or prophetic insight that I've gotten. Because if you learn how to walk with God, you can't help but stumble into breakthrough. I think sometimes we're waiting for breakthrough as an event rather than as a journey. And a process of partnership where we take hold of his hand and we learn to walk with him the way he wants to be walked with because he loves you, Lindsay, and he wants to be with you all the stinking time. You realize he died for you because he loves, 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 loves you, Jez, and he's crazy about you, and he wants to hang out with you. You're his child, whom he dearly loves. Sometimes when you go to spend your quiet time, it's not for you to do a devotion. It's because your papa wants to hang out with you. You're fulfilling a desire and a longing in his heart by spending time with him. You're making him happy. Jesus didn't become the bridegroom for the bride of Christ because he wants to tolerate you. Or he just wants a servant that's called the bride that kind of, you know, is just servile. You marry somebody because you want to be with them because you're crazy about them, right? You want to be, you don't just want to be with them. You want to be one with them. You love them that much. So this is the second thing. And some of you need to hear this. This is revelation that needs to break through. All this stuff, I guarantee you in the Lord. This is scriptural too. You can go back through. If you learn to walk with God in this way, it will lead to more breakthrough than the majority of you have probably ever experienced in your life, even those of you who are older in this room. I'm telling you. And I can say that confidently in the spirit and of walking it out. I'm not just, you guys know me. I'm not into the flash in the pan or, you know, the wow words. I want you guys to grow in grace, to grow up into all things in Christ. That's the whole point of Ephesians 4. It talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's for the sake of the body, growing up and coming up into all things in Christ and full maturity. That's the whole stinking point. I don't even care if you guys remember my name. If you go up into who you are in Christ, that is success. That is massive success. That's a dream come true. And I know a lot of others in this room who feel the same way for you. So, the last thing I'll say here as the second revelation that leads to breakthrough. Some of you just listen into this. Some things you get free of or healed from by a miracle. Some things, it'll be by how you walk with God. It's a good word right there. Some things you get free of or you get healed from by a miracle, an event, an encounter. Some things, it'll be by how you walk with God. And sometimes God calls you out in a crowd. Sometimes he calls you up 
into a new and living way of walking with him. Let's pray. Papa, you are better than I can ask, think, or imagine. And you're that way for all of us, all the time. You never change. You don't have any intention. It's not even in your mind or your heart to ever be anything less than full of love, full of grace, full of truth, full of affection and approval and loving kindness and mercy and patience. I love how you are. And Lord, there's nothing better in life. There is nothing better in life than walking with you and learning how to walk with you day by day and all the different intricacies of what that looks like and what it entails and how gloriously different it is for all of us. Lord, I pray you would release and bring liberty to people in Jesus' name from uh, any kind of singularity in walking with you, that it's this way or it's that way or just these, these monochrome morning times with you. I pray you would bring them, make them full of color in Jesus' name. People will begin discovering, my brothers and sisters here, things that they do with you, things they talk to you about, uh, experiences together, ways of doing things that are so fresh and living and are a whole other aspect of doing life with you and being in covenant and in oneness with you, that it would be full of life. I thank you that for literally each one of us in this room, you have untold things that are invitations into another way of communing and connecting with you. Some of you, need, some of you need to take up journaling. Some of you need to take up dancing. Some of you need to take up long walks with God that are just set aside with no distraction, no phone, no nothing, just to go on a long walk with God. Some of you need to, to write more. Some of you need to just sit and think with God. Some of you need to get the hot cocoa out and sit by the fire. Knowing that you're with him, that he's with you, And it's a sacred space because he inhabits it. You realize anything that God chooses to inhabit with us and in our lives becomes sacred ground. Holy places. There's a holy place in your life. Many of us, there's more than one, but there's a holy place in your life that God wants to commune with you in. Somewhere that, somewhere, somewheres that you maybe haven't even thought of. You're going to just have random thoughts when you're driving or when you're talking or when something comes up of, wow, I never even thought that I could do this with God or interact with God in this way or I could invite God into this area of my life and do conscious living relationship with him. I bless each one of you as a brother. I bless you to know the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to live in him, to live fully and vibrantly and abundantly and exuberantly, voraciously in Jesus. And I bless you to be so aware of his presence, his devotion, his commitment to you in the midst of the trials the challenges, the hardships, the ones that are just for the morning, the ones that are just for the week, and the ones that feel like they stick around all year. He's just as present in all of them. He says, I'm with you, and I'll never leave you or forsake you. 
My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives temporarily until the next thing comes, but my peace I leave with you. It's a reigning and it's a ruling peace because you belong to the Prince of Peace. I bless you to know that you belong. You are one of the citizens, a subject of the Prince of Peace who rules and reigns rightfully, who has authority and power as the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, to establish shalom in your life, in every area of your life, in your relationships, in your emotions, in your thinking, in your career, in your work, in your learning and your schooling, in your finances. He is the Prince of Peace. His gift is shalom. His gift is life and life more abundantly for you. Some of you have gone through, are going through, or will go through hard things. But it's time, beloved, it's time, body of Christ, bride of Christ, who keeps her loving, passionate eyes on him. It's time to no longer let hard things determine how we're doing. It's time to no longer just wait for a breather. It's time to no longer just try to slog through and hope it goes away. It's time to encounter God, to encounter the passionate love of your Father who is so radically, beautifully, and happily present in your life at all times and for all things and especially loves to meet you in the hard places who loves when you anticipate his presence, you anticipate his goodness, you anticipate his love, you anticipate encountering him and look forward to learning something new and wonderful about him. Because you're in a place that you can only learn it in that place. You can only know him in that way because of what you walked through with him. There's upgrades all over the place. And I'm encouraging you today for this year, this decade, and even for this life that many of these upgrades come wrapped up in the wrapping paper of a trial. Or many trials. James wasn't a fool when he started off his his epistle by saying, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. He knew something. He knew it was a key. He knew something about how God works and how we walk with God. And I bless you in Jesus' name to know that, to feel it, to experience it, to be reminded of it, for the Holy Spirit to bring it to remembrance, to grab something or some things and keep them with you and walk with God all year long in this, not forgetting that you are not under these things but you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror in Christ because of God's goodness and a place. You do life with the God who is so wild and crazy as to prepare a table of feasting for you in the midst of your enemies. So when the darkness and the enemies close on, it's time, beloved, to put your handkerchief on 
sit down with excitement and say, let's eat. bless you, beloved child of God, who's treasured, delighted in, and celebrated in heaven. And I bless you to release all the nonsense and not get down on yourself for how long or arduous the process is, but to remember that he sees you the same way he sees his son, favors you and loves you, and empowers you by his limitless and unending grace. In Jesus' name. Be it so.